This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business, it's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. From Gimlet, this is The Pitch. I'm Josh Muccio. On this show, we venture into the world of startups to a critical moment when aspiring entrepreneurs put it all on the line and pitch investors for funding. This week, I want to talk about the estimated 450 million athletes around the world. 10% of those athletes, 10, will suffer a sports-related concussion in any given season. I was wondering, is this the way to solve the problem, or is like helmet technology the way to solve the problem? It doesn't protect them from getting hurt because it shows after the impact has happened. It's not protecting them. Today, an entrepreneur lays out his plan to reduce head trauma in sports. But can he get coaches, athletes, and our investors to play for the same team? Phil Nadell is with Barbara Corcoran Venture Partners. In pitches, you'll hear him put the focus on the hard numbers. You're going to try to price it so that you'll, you'll break even on this initial sale. That's what you're going to get up front. Jillian Manis is here representing Structure Capital. More than any other investor, she'll really engage a founder to understand what problem they're solving and how they're solving it. So explain to me what's the why to them, because it's cool, it has to be more than that. Jake Chapman's here with Gelt VC. He looks at every startup as a bit of a puzzle. And if he can imagine all of the pieces fitting together, he might just invest. I think a lot of great businesses have been built on the back of hacks. My problem is that I think you haven't thought through yet, or you're not at the stage yet of figuring out how to move from the hack to the sustainable company. Howie Diamond founded the VC firm Ranch Ventures. He looks for scrappy founders who pull themselves up by the bootstraps and really deliver. How's it going so like overall for you like as a first-time entrepreneur? Shiel Manat is with 500 Startups. He brings a sense of humor into a pitch, and he loves when a founder will play along. Yeah, just broadly stereotyping about 30 million people. All right, here we go. Yeah, send it to me. Hey, how are you? Shiel. Coordinate. What's your name? Anthony. Anthony, I'm Phil. Pleasure to meet you. Nice to meet you. It's been a long day of recording, and our investors are a bit fatigued. When Anthony Gonzalez strides in, sporting a big smile and a snappy outfit, you can feel the mood in the room immediately left. Love your outfit. Thank you so Hi, much. I'm Jillian. Anthony, let me just say, you haven't said a word yet, but so far you are the so best-dressed <laughs> pitch <laughs> man. Absolutely. We've had best-dressed founder. Wait, All right, well, I'm going to get started here. I'm Anthony with Force Impact Technologies. Force Impact. Force Impact Technologies, and we've created the Fit Platform. Our goal was to identify document, and reduce the amount of traumatic brain injuries in sports. Ever since I was a young kid, I've been involved in every level of sport, all the way up into college where I played rugby at Arizona State. Go Devils. While concussions in sports are nothing new, 
In the past decade or so, both the professional sports and medical communities have awoken to the severe risks posed by repeat head injuries. And where there's a problem, there's bound to be enterprising entrepreneurs like Anthony, who are ready to combine their love of sports with their nerdy fascination with hardware. What is your background? Uh, I have an MBA in supply chain and logistics. I work for Abnet Electronics, which is the world's largest distributor of components. That's where I got all my hands on all this fun stuff. Where are you guys uh, based? Uh, I'm personally in Los Angeles. My co-founder's in Phoenix. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. Like We've been at this for four and a half years. We're not a new startup. We're not just sure. coming yeah. up with something. We've spent a lot of time thinking about this and making sure our execution strategy is optimally strategized. So four and a half years seems like a while. Was I'm sorry, it? three and a half years. Three and a half years. Anthony is really taking the start out of startup. Often, when investors hear an entrepreneur still trying to raise their round after several years, it can be a sign that something is fundamentally wrong. Is it a timing issue, do you think? Or is it just taking that long to... It's really hard to create something tangible when you don't have any money. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know how to explain it. It's just... No, no. It no that's, that makes raise sense. Raise money, be frugal. We've gone through two accelerator programs. Years of work and two accelerator programs without much money to show for it has meant Anthony and his team are barely scraping by. Getting the funding he's asking for would be his chance to break out of this frugal mindset and actually build his company. How much have you raised to date? Um, I'm coming in today with $250,000 committed to this round. We're currently raising an additional $500,000 to make it a total of seven fifty. We're really looking for more than an investor. We want someone who's going to meet with us, go to our wedding, be our friends. That's smart. Got to hang out with us. Like, we know we're going to be married to these people. And so I'm here to date you guys. I want to learn about you. You guys want to learn about me. But we're really looking to selectively and strategically bring on people who we can work with for the next near future. I always tell founders that um, early stage investors are actually co-founders. Right. (laughs) I couldn't agree more. Absolutely. I roll up your sleeve, dig in. Speaking of rolling up your sleeves, it's time to hear what Anthony's actually selling. But I'm not here to talk about me. I want to talk about the estimated 450 million athletes around the world. The Center for Disease Control estimates as many as 10% of those athletes, 10, will suffer a sports-related concussion in any given season. A staggering 47% of those athletes, nearly half of them who are concussed, will not self-report or self-diagnose any symptoms. That means every single year, millions upon millions of individuals are remaining on the field with an unidentified or undocumented history. The FIT team set out to change that. To change it, Anthony focused on early warning detection at the point of impact through the use of a smart mouth guard. Our intelligent mouth guard, which seamlessly integrated into a standard mouth guard. This mouth guard is worn by the athlete. If they are hit with a significant amount of force, this mouth guard will light up and change colors. We use- Anytime an athlete is hit hard enough, the mouth guard lights up with LEDs that are so bright that a player's cheeks actually glow red. And then the data on how hard they were hit is sent via Bluetooth to the FitGuard mobile app, letting them know if they might be at risk for a concussion. I mean, like, is this, I know concussions are a problem no, in football. No, it's huge. But, Have you seen but and it's movie? not just football, it's oh, soccer. Yeah. There are more concussions in soccer than there are in football. And now with soccer being such a huge, huge sport, I would think yeah. you would start There's so many. Soccer. There's wrestling, rugby, yeah. every sport. And anything even that's basketball. even not a contact sport. Horseback riding. Yeah. Para jumping. And just so you know, so I know the space very, very well. Okay, I've sat on these boards. 
Um, we work a lot with concussion research at Stanford Hospital. Yeah. Dr. Camarillo, um, very yes. familiar. Yeah, and so what a concussion basically is, all a concussion is, is the inability to perform your basic functionality and that could be everything from not being able to, as you know, to focus, to just being a little bit off center, to not being able. I mean, that is called a limited concussion. You know that. Mm-hmm. It's music to an entrepreneur's ears to hear an investor digging into the severity of the problem you're trying to solve. The trick is, of course, convincing them your solution is better than the alternatives. You don't really need a mouth guard. Doctors really don't need mouth guards, and especially coaches right now. If they see that you are basically unable to focus for even a bit of time right now, you are off the field and you're done. So I'm just trying to figure out where this mouth guard comes in because it's not diagnosing, right? First of all, you you made a lot of assumptions that would be great in an ideal situation. Someone will see that. That is a very broad assumption. When you're a volunteer football coach and you're responsible for 100 kids that are bashing their skulls into each other two hours a day, seven days a week, statistically, you will miss something. Okay. And that's what we're trying to do. Oh, these are for, this is for just for kids. kids. This is a mass market, high volume product that anyone can afford. And it doesn't protect them from getting hurt because it shows after the impact has happened. It's not protecting them, okay, at all. I mean, I would disagree because second impact syndrome is a fatal condition in which you remain on the field with an unidentified injury, you receive a similar injury, and your brain stops working. So empirically, if we stop the first, second injury from happening because we got them out as soon as the first injury happened, then they are safer. We hear a lot about repeat head injuries, sometimes known as CTE. These are the kinds of problems that show up on brain scans of old football players, and the results can be devastating. But what Anthony is talking about here is a little different. Second impact syndrome is when you sustain a second concussion without fully recovering from the first. The condition can be fatal, and those who survive are often severely disabled. I was wondering, is this the way to solve the problem, or is, like, helmet technology the way to solve the problem? I know you said, like, helmets I played rugby. There's no helmets in rugby. The data says that helmets have made things worse, right? There are more concussions. Helmets reduce... Skull force, not cranial acceleration. Exactly, yeah. And it makes people reckless, right? It does. Moral chaos. And then they hit. You're more risky because you I'm trying to figure out how we get down to the root of the problem. I guess we can't solve the root of the problem unless we just, like, stop playing football. Stop hitting your head against things that are hard is the root of the problem. Stop playing sports. If the investors are in agreement on anything, it is this. Sports are dangerous. But they also know this is probably not going to stop people from playing. The obvious next question is, are Anthony's mouth guards the key to helping people play sports more safely? Will you show us the mobile app and of what, course, what, yeah, what does it do? Around. So, so our mobile app. Let's say, let's say this is me. Yep. I just got hit in the, hit in the face. Great. Let's reenact it. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it's going to sync it up. You're going to download it. First, the mouth guard is going to change colors if it was a significant amount of force. Okay. So the data you're receiving... From the teeth or the jaw from the, or the, from where? Cranial where acceleration. Coming? So how fast is the head moving in a frame of space? From the mouth guard So what's actually measuring it. Yeah. Being inside of the skull means we're physically closer. Mm. We have a better retention and coupling to the skull. So our data is just highly correlated to what the brain actually felt. And so the coach has it on his phone so that every time a player is hit and the mouth guard turns color, although they'll never be able to see it across the field, 
but it will go into his associate assistant coaches app or whatever, and it will light up to say number thirty-two. You know, should be pulled and right assessed. I, I do want to clarify. So, in theory, that is correct, but we do not do live data transmission. Our data is uses the Bluetooth protocol, which has a range limitation, okay. and so that's why we have the on-device notification. Okay, so Malcar so changes colors. Come over, sync to the app. It'll sync up if you're in, within 10 meters. Just Why so you, you know, those kids are never going to come in on their own. And just like that, Jillian pulls the room towards a very different conversation. Not about technology, but about the social dynamics on the field. You know, I'm an athlete myself. I, you know, it's very hard for someone to pull themselves out of the game. Right. So we come into someone who has authority and says, this is our league protocol. But you're not going to be able to see them across the field, and they're not going to be synced up other than 10 feet. No, no, the mouth guard will light up, and it'll stay lit until it's synced back. It's only depending on who sees it and who you know reacts to it. It stays lit until you sync it back with the base station. There's no way to hide this. You can't take your mouth guard off. Mouth guards are required. In football, when I played football, every single play, a ref would go around to every single kid and look at them to make sure their mouth guard was in. This oh, was no. 10 years the ago. Men have so to be. I'm assuming that if they're going through that protocol, they're just checking for red lights. It's, I mean, it's pretty obvious that someone's mouth is glowing red. The investors have been slowly passing around the mouth guard that Anthony handed them earlier. Now Sheila's holding it, trying to figure out how it works. How is there something ago? to turn it on or is it? Uh, this is our prototype model. It doesn't work right now. Okay, got it. Three and a half years to this moment, and Anthony is pitching his company with a broken mouth guard. So this this is a non-working prototype. Yeah, but we'll get to that soon enough. Um, so it'll download- there isn't much Anthony can say to explain the broken prototype. So he does his best, hey, look over there, move. In this case, pointing to the business of FitGuard. It's cheap. Initially, they're $129 to, cop, uh, to capture those early adopters. As we start to scale up, those definitely going to come below $100. So you're assuming that all these uh, all these teams will be able to forward one of these mouth guards mm-hmm. for every one of the players? Yeah. Who's going to be most receptive to, like, you know, getting like, this into their kids, into the players' yeah, mouths? The, the executives but, on, in that organization, the, the people who make the decision with that league— because they have so the most money. league. So you yeah, want it to be we are business by to the business. Leagues. Yes. There seems like there's going to be some sort of riff and problem with coaches from one team to another. If some of the kids have them, some of the other kids don't. And within the team itself. I think it'd be the opposite the problem. Yeah, like the coaches that's might really not our marketing want strategy. <laughs> the kids to have the mouth guard because the coaches might not want to have to worry about pulling kids out. Right. From the game okay, the well, that's another thing. It's the parents, not the schools, who would buy these mouth guards, right? Right. Uh, So the parents will do whatever the schools tell them to. The consumers actually give me the purchase purchasing of this, but we know the decision of who and what to buy comes from a higher authority, and the parents just listen to the coach. Well, say, but uh, but he's saying the opposite. He's saying they wouldn't want to buy it because it might tell them they should be pulling the kids. I mean, mean, we're focusing on these kids who are safety is more important than winning. We're not talking about professionals or D1. Blasphemy. You're right, though. If it's just one kid, like, especially if it, if you light up, it's not just that it looks geeky that you lit up. It's that you lit up, now you have to go to the sideline, and, like, That's nobody it. else on your team does, and then you're going to yeah. get shit in the locker you're room yeah. because you got pulled. I think what you could, where you do have an angle is selling to parents, being like, hey, your kids need to get pulled. Otherwise, it's you're talking permanent brain damage. Some of the investors are parents themselves, so they know youth sports all too well. 
hyper-competitive coaches, kids trying to fit in with their teammates. These could be major stumbling blocks in marketing directly to leagues. But Anthony is betting there's a larger shift happening in sports. There's always friction when you have change. Yes, of course. Culturally, it's coming up perfectly to our timing to enter the market where I think we're well fit with people's willingness to accept, one, wearables, two, you know, electronics on their body, and three, you know, about concussions being a serious problem. And it's not, it's okay to be hurt. You're not demoralized. You're not weak. It's not your fault that you got possibly concussed. And we really are starting to see a shift in that mentality and acceptance. What you have to do is sell the parents on convincing the entire team. Yes, that's it. Or sell the leagues. Yeah. And and that's one, that's one of our strategies. That's a long-term plan is the leagues. Obviously, initially, we have early adopters. We have people who want to buy this. There's already kids okay. who are saying, this is cool. I want this. So, right. so 5, if you guys are worried about market validation, during due diligence, I would be happy to show you our validation, our studies, our surveys. Like we've been at this. The investors are worried that players and leagues won't buy into FitGuard. But Anthony's confident in his product, and with good reason. How far along are you now? We're doing some validation testing with Arizona State University, coached by Olympic medalist Zeke Jones also coaches the USA Freestyle team. How much are they paying? Uh, they paid like $7,000 for about 20 units because they're research grade. We're researching with the government of Japan and their judo. They've recently mandated judo as a requirement for high school sports. So they want to validate the riskiness of that. So these are all just conversations you've got going on with these folks? So these are or? active letter of intent research programs so no that are ready. Yeah. Right, no song contracts? Here's the good news. I've already sold 5,000 of them. Okay. Uh, they haven't paid for them. These are all letters of intent um, contingent on successful validation it's through our beta test program. We're going to be launching first quarter 2017. We are going to be distributing in Ireland, France, Australia, Canada, and New Zealand. New Zealand and Australia, kind of like one. Anthony has several irons in the fire with these research programs. But what he really needs right now is money. Money to keep building FitGuard. Otherwise, it's not clear how long he can keep going. And with that, it's decision time. Howie's up first. Cool. I, I like seeing working prototypes, okay. personally. Um, uh, yeah, they'll be ready in two weeks, so uh, it's not... Uh, That's good. Time is yeah, I, well, I can't wait to see it and work. And then, like, Sheila can punch me in the face, and then yeah. I'll see if it works. You go to ASU wrestling practice, they're going to be there all season. So cool. stop yeah. by any time. And- you're saying all the right things. You've researched it. You have, you know, clearly the passion for this, and, and you have, you know, three and a half years under your belt to finally make a non-working prototype. And and I think the timing is right for this. At this time, it, just because it's so early and so nebulous, and I look at that that uh, mouth guard that you showed me, and I don't even really, I, I, you know, I can't put it in my mouth. I can't feel it. I can't see it light up. You can put it in your mouth. I don't want to put it in my mouth. <laughs> you're um, a germaphobe, don't you remember? Yeah, it's just, it's just one of my things as an investor. I, I want to see something working. Yeah. I want to know that you can build something that's, like, actually functional. So I'm going to pass right now. Germaphobe or not, Howie's not touching FitGuard this time around. So do I go? No, no, he's no, just one. Gonna... You have to okay. hear from he's all of us. He's just one. Oh, Actually, I'm the only one that matters. So yeah, you can go. Here's Sheil. I like where you're going. I think there's a there's a need for something that like helps save, save lives on the football field and other fields. Um, I'm not, I think, again, like Howie, I'd want to see it working. Um, and I, I think... Really, it's crazy because, like, even if I like believe you, it's going to be working in two weeks. It's just something about seeing it that I think could be convincing. 
Um, we filmed a, a live demo in London with the English national rugby team. It's about a five minute video clip. So that it did work. It just broke. So I, I'm not trying oh, to throw excuses at you. Yeah. So I have video footage. We okay. flew yeah, to yeah. London, BBC studio, filmed it all out there. So breaking um, is a is a concern though. Yeah. Um, in the, the yeah, mouth, the charging like, mechanism. Yeah, no excuses. Understood. It's Thank like a it's like a Samsung Galaxy Note Seven <laughs> in the mouth. It's like no, just kidding. Yeah. Uh, Turn it off on the plane. Um, I'm gonna pass, um, but I think it's pretty honorable what you're doing. So it's cool. Thank you. Next up is Jake. I'll echo what Howie said about seeing the working prototype. I think it's really hard when right now it's just a sort of non-functional model, even if you're only two weeks away. And I don't think you'll, you're going to be able to get piecemeal adoption because I think the kids are going to rebel against it. Um, but even if you overcome those things, and I think you can overcome those barriers, I'm a little concerned about the recurring revenue model because I don't think you can build a really great business on just these hardware sales. And I think that's really what you need to make this business big long-term. Right. I mean, in the long-term, we have those things in the pipeline. that The permutations to make money are out there, and there's money to be spent on sports. So we're looking to capture it. Okay. I mean, for now, for the product you've got, for where you're at, I think I'm going to pass. Okay. Jake's out. Now it's Phil's turn. I mean, I, I, I respect the mission. I think it's great. We, there is a problem out there. Right. For me, uh, I, I don't feel like it can add a whole lot of value in this particular space, um, I'm just, it's not something that, that I, I don't like the model. I, I don't like, I'm not seeing the path to recurring revenue. I see hardware sales and that's all I'm seeing right now. And so for that reason, I think it's too early for me. So I'll pass. Okay, cool. As is so often the case, it all comes down to Jillian. Oh, goodness. Okay, so um, first of all, I want to say that we so appreciated your incredibly high energy. You smile all the time. You make us feel like, you know, we really like you. And I think it's uh, it's important when you're selling something. It's all in the presentation. A lot of it is. So you should teach people how to do this. Thank you. Um, I have a very emotional response to this because I've had two children that have had concussions. One is from soccer, from repetitive hits, and one from football. And what I look for is something that will prevent concussions. So I do understand this would prevent the second concussion, but I'm trying to find something to invest in that would prevent the first concussion. And maybe that's just my maternal instinct, you know, connecting to this. It is too early for me, um, absolutely. But I do think you're onto something. And the fact that you're trying to help young people and trying to do something that we all need to be doing proactive around concussions, good for you. So I'm going to pass, but I think that I'd like to see what happens when you do launch in beta. Okay. Okay. That sounds great. Okay. Jillian is out. And with that, Anthony seems to have struck out swinging with our investors. But he still has the same smile he walked in with. And thank you for coming and yeah, Thank you so for much, your Charlotte. smile. No worries. Really appreciate me. it. It is helpful at the very end, where, where I've had so many chia bars today <laughs> and glasses of tea uh, that all I needed was a great smile and a good, a good uh, attitude. You have a great attitude. When we come back, investors share exactly what they were thinking during the pitch. 
and I have a candid conversation with Anthony about the realities of life as an entrepreneur. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. We talk to a lot of entrepreneurs on the show, and one thread that connects them all, they're not just pitching their business, they're pitching themselves. Because small business owners know that their business is more than just a company, it's their whole life. And State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, and they know what it takes. They can help you choose personalized policies to fit your budget. That's the personal touch. That's small business insurance from State Farm. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. Small business owners know that it's not just business, it's personal. Your business is your life, and State Farm gets that. State Farm agents are small business owners too, so they know what it takes. They can help you create a personalized insurance plan that fits your small business needs and budget. And they live and work in your community. So you're not just getting an insurance plan, you're getting that personal touch. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Welcome back. Back in the studio, after Anthony has gone home, investors reflect on his pitch and the larger problem he's trying to solve. When he first started, I thought to myself, oh, I can so get behind this. Because concussion for me, every single time my son steps into a game, I absolutely flip my learner. It's been a very, it's a big bone of contention in my family. But it, but once again, I needed it to be something that would prevent them yeah. And but that is there? Is it? Is I that even possible? No, I don't know. Well, that's why I was so excited when he first said, "I'm here to talk about concussion." I was like, "Ooh, I'm in! Tell me what you've got." Uh, but it was like, nothing dissimilar than maybe. But I think you can get it right. I think like actually, I mean, he didn't bring this up enough, but like the real damaging is caused by repeated blows to the head. So he actually is right, but he didn't. He didn't stress it very emphatically, which but do you need a mouth me. guard to, to, to solve that? This is a hardware and software play, so I get that it, it's there's a lot involved. But three and a half years, yeah. I feel like you should be further along. Yeah. And 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 the the argument against that to be we didn't have any money. Well, why don't go you? Get, yeah, like why yeah, didn't you why get you money? Like what you give up every excuse? It's been three and a half years, and you don't you still don't have a working prototype. Yeah, so I I do think like somebody could make this solution work. I don't. Yeah, maybe. You know, it's, it's not something that, as is, it's certainly not something investable. A few months later, I caught up with Anthony to see whether he's been able to secure seed funding for FitGuard, and find out how things are progressing. First of all, welcome back to the show, Anthony. Excited to have you back on. Yes, thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. So, first thing, I gotta know. What happened with the broken mouth guard? Yeah, um, so it just didn't work. We 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 weren't able to uh, get it functioning. Um, once it's in a mouth guard, it's hard to get it out of the mouth guard to then fix things. So like once you discover something's broken, it, it's very it's difficult to retroactively fix it. You just have to make a new one. Okay, so let's go to like the specific moment in your pitch when you had to tell them it was broken and their reaction in the room was they weren't thrilled about that. Like, what were you feeling? 
Um, you know, prepared. Uh, you know, I had personally or mentally managed the expectation that you know I, I was ready to deliver bad news and uh, you know, delivering negative messages. So you knew they wouldn't like it going into it. Yeah, and I understood that. But again, you got to put your best foot forward, and that's what I did. I laid it all on the table. That's what I had that day, uh, and it was the best me I had to give. Yeah, I mean, you have working prototypes now, right? Yes, we completed clinical trials at ASU. Oh, did the wrestling you? program last year, and they signed up for next year. And uh, we've rebroken a bunch of those prototypes. So they've broken during, I mean, to me, prototypes break all the time. So it wasn't like a, that big of a deal because in my reality, you know, I've broken hundreds of prototypes. Like that's just what happens to prototypes. You work, you work with them until they break and then you find out how you broke them and you fix that for the next one. Yeah, you sound like Edison and like, yeah, we had a thousand <laughs> failures before we came up with the one light bulb filament that works. Exactly. But yeah, I We're can gonna see- We're going to be a 10-year overnight success. Yeah. Thinking back to the- investors and their objections to your pitch, they didn't see the market opportunity right. for this. Why do you think that is? You know, if people don't know or care or like about sports, it's, it's difficult to communicate to them like how big it is. Um, you know, perhaps I didn't do a good enough job communicating the amount of permutations that could be derived from this uh, validation of it working well in sports, and then you can take that and put it into law enforcement, and then you can take this and work it with. I mean, the, um, the investors knew and were very familiar with what you were building, and were excited about the potential, but they still couldn't get right. on board. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, it's like dating. You know, I can't be offended because they don't; they're not interested in what I have to offer. <laughs> That's not the first founder who's made the comparison <laughs> to uh, investors as a dating proposition. Uh, like, I don't personalize that they didn't see what I saw. Yeah. It's my vision, and, and uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm my own number one cheerleader, and I'm, I'm confident in what we're going to be able to deliver. Yeah, I mean, you've been at this for three and a half years now. Mm-hmm. That's a long time. Yeah. I mean, it, and I think <laughs> the long. investors were super, too long? I mean, just, you know, it's, it's a long time. It's a... W- you know, in hindsight, had I known it would take this long, you know, that would have been rather prohibitive. But, you know, being naive and ignorant and young and uh, passionate, you know, <laughs> uh, you know, I can conquer the world. But, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a journey. And, uh, you know, there's a lot of risk that you assume with that personally and professionally. Yeah, I mean, it really looks like you're, you're just clawing, like scraping by trying to make this thing work. I just think most people would have given up by now. Agreed. Perseverance is the number one indicator of success uh, in this industry, in my opinion. If you have a good product, I mean, if you're pu- pushing something that you know <laughs> right. doesn't have that, <laughs> some people try to force their solution and come up with a problem, and that's not always the good case. You don't think you're doing that? Uh, no, I mean, I was at jujitsu in the park on Sunday, and I got kicked in the face. I have a black eye right now, is mildly concussed this past weekend, so. I'm a firm believer that this is <laughs> needs to happen and it hasn't happened. Oh, hold on. So, so you got kicked in the face. You looked at the data and now you're like taking it easy for a couple of weeks because you're like, oh, wow, I uh, pegged the needle yeah. on Sunday. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. I mean, I know better. I, I want to go to jujitsu tomorrow on Wednesday, but I know I got kicked hard enough to yeah. give me a headache and to make me foggy and my jaw's a little sore. And so I know better than to go back, but other people wouldn't. People need to know about this and they don't. So- like, why do you have the perseverance when other people would have just stopped? Are you are you just stubborn? Like, I think my fiance would agree wholeheartedly with that statement. 
um, personally, uh, I'm just, this is a, a foundation of what I believe in. And I just, you know, I, I need to see this through. It's a personal endeavor to me at this point. It sounded like Anthony was still going full speed ahead with FitGuard. But then he told me something that kind of surprised me, but underscored just how difficult entrepreneurship really can be. Um, so currently I had to go back and get another job after three and a half years of running the startup. I work for the Parent Association of Life Sciences in the state of California called Biocom. Biocom has been super helpful in making me understand how to get federal funding and how to use the government as a source of capital. Wow, you're scrappy. <laughs> yeah, you gotta be. It's classic moonlighting. But it's so weird that you would go from like full-time 100% in on this thing to now, like most founders, that's not the story. It's like you start out moonlighting and then there's this point where you're like, I'm going all in. Right. I mean, does it feel like you're going backwards? In a sense, I would almost say that this expanded the possibility for me to work longer and harder. Like I now have a steady income and health insurance and things that will allow me to then dedicate more resources into fit. And so it just allows us to make less emotional decisions as well. Cause like, I know like my paycheck isn't correlated to the decisions I make. And it also allows me to, um, separate fit from Anthony. And I think a, a lot of founders internalize company success as their own success. And of course, you know, implicitly that would be the inference, but it, it you know, psychologically you need to have two different yeah there needs to be a clear separation i totally get that when i sold my company that's what happened to me i was just like who am i yeah founder (laughs) depression is real and uh you know people should talk about it yeah so you've had like depression something you've had to deal with as a part of this journey yeah i mean i'm a pretty optimistic and outgoing guy and uh, you know exuberant and friendly and extroverted and so you know, it, it just comes down to like when you just feel like a different person and you, again, you question who you are and like why you're doing this and what's worth it. And like it, get, it comes through internalizing, you know, lack of success in the company. To being uh, la- lack of success, success as Anthony. Yeah. Yeah. And that's just not the case. And so it took me a little while to, to understand that. And getting the job was, you know, obviously a very humbling experience. Um, but, you know, it's, it's a pill you got to swallow. It allowed me to get up every day and keep doing what I do for fit and, and keep kicking the can down the road. And so that was what I needed to do to be able to keep living. And so I did it. Every founder is going to have the dark times that Anthony is describing. Long days, late nights, wondering if you're crazy to believe this thing will ever take off. The term trough of sorrow was coined to describe this very feeling. Three and a half years without a real breakthrough might have sounded alarms for the investors, but to me, it shows that Anthony has the metal to stick this thing out. He is an entrepreneur. Plus, I tend to believe moonlighting is underrated. Not every business needs to raise a ton of money and grow as fast as it can. If you don't raise venture capital, you can build the business on your terms, and it stays all yours. Maybe FitGuard will eventually take off, And if anybody has what it takes to be a 10-year overnight success, I think it's Anthony. Heads up, we are hiring. If you want to come work with our amazing team, go to the Gimlet website right now. 
Let us know what you think of today's episode. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook at The Pitch Show, or send us an email at thepitch at gimletmedia.com. And our website is thepitch.show. You can subscribe to our brand new newsletter and get behind the scenes stuff at gimletmedia.com slash newsletter. And if you're enjoying The Pitch, please leave us a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. It really helps others discover the show. We're actively looking for startups, early stage startups, for our next season to be recorded this August. So if you or someone you know is building something unique, go to thepitch.show slash apply and fill out the form. To hear scenes from next week's episode, stay tuned till after the credits. Our show was produced by me, Josh Muccio, Asta Chaturvedi, and Rob Zipko. We were edited by Devin Taylor with help from Caitlin Kenny. Our theme music is by Breakmaster Cylinder with original music composed by The Musemaker, Bobby Lord, Dexter Britton, and Tyler Strickland. We were mixed by Enoch Kim with help from Matthew Boll. Thanks to Lisa Muccio for planning the season two recording event last fall. And a quick disclaimer, no offer to invest is being made to or solicited from the listening audience on today's show. Finally, I want to say a quick thank you to the original sponsor of season two, the It's Worth Doing Right family for taking a leap of faith on us when we were just a little independent podcast. All right, you've been listening to The Pitch from Gimlet Media. I'm Josh Muccio. See you next week. Next week on The Pitch. Casinos are worried about how are they going to attract that underserved gambler that doesn't currently have a game in the market for them. You're starting your own, so you're going to partner with casinos or you're going to start your own casino? So, question, I still don't understand why you need the money. We're contributing to the delinquency of a minor. New episodes of The Pitch come out on Wednesdays, 12 p.m. Eastern. Make sure you're subscribed wherever you get podcasts. This episode of The Pitch is brought to you exclusively by State Farm. If you're a small business owner, you know that it isn't just your business. It's your life. And whatever your business might be, you want someone who understands. That's where State Farm Small Business Insurance comes in. State Farm agents are small business owners themselves, living and working in your community. That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.